Hi, I'm Gavin Carlson, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruins Sports Podcast. UCLA is back in the Rose Bowl after their worst loss of the season. Let's discuss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Out of Bounds, the official sports podcast of the Daily Bruin. As always, I am your host, Gavin Carlson, a fourth-year sports staff writer here at the Daily Bruin, and the duo is back. It is my man, my man, Jack Nelson, fourth-year senior sports staff writer, the hair, the looks. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal, as always, Gavin. I hope you're doing the same. And college basketball, I mean, we've talked about football. This is a football podcast today, but... College basketball is so back. I'm so happy. Sports world is just buzzing right now. I, I, I love it. Yes. Full disclaimer, we are recording this before both the men's and women's teams have opened their season. We know that you'll be watching this after the fact. Don't worry. There'll be plenty of out-of-bounds about both the men's and women's basketball teams coming up. But this is a football podcast today because UCLA football is the talk of the town in Westwood after kind of a disgraceful, is that too harsh of a word? Disgraceful loss in Tucson. Um, now they take a, they're taking on a disgraceful program right now in Arizona State. Two and seven on the year, one and five in the Pac-12. Um, we're going to discuss that game. You know we're going to talk more about Chip Kelly. We have to. Um, and kind of just looking forward for the remainder of the season because this does feel like a turning point um, for this program. So let's jump right into it, talking about Arizona State. Like we said, 2-7, and 1-5 in the Pac-12, coming off a 55-3 to loss um, at Utah when just, oh my goodness. But, you know, they also beat Washington State. I don't think anyone expected that. So, um, you know, kind of a mixed bag for this Arizona State football team. Uh, Jack, what can you tell me about the Devils, the Sun Devils? This is arguably the worst team in the Pac-12 this season, Uh they have been embarrassed on multiple occasions last week against Oregon lost. What was it? 55, sorry, against Utah, 55 to three against an offense that isn't all that high scoring in Utah. And this Arizona defense is clearly struggling. They've had, I think as you said it, but they've had some weird games. This game against Washington, they lost seven to 15, which is a strange final score. Yeah. I just have to say real quick. Um, I think disgraceful is a little too harsh. I, I kind of even looking at it right now, they've, they've been better than disgraceful would, you know, so sorry for one, one in five is, is pretty bad, but disgraceful was harsh. My apologies. Continue. <laughs> um, but yeah. And they had some other close games. Colorado lost 24, 27 Cal lost 21, 24. So They've had a stretch of like some close games. I mean, maybe, I mean, I guess Washington, that's pretty impressive, but I don't know. It's just, it's kind of hard to get a read on this team sometimes, just the way looking at, you know, how they've played this season. Um, purely from the quarterback position, it's also similarly hard to get a read if you look at the stat sheets. I mean, they've been kind of doing a bunch of different things with the quarterback. It's Trent Bourget is kind of the big name at Arizona. Look State at the right pronunciation. Now. Amazing. Um, who is, thank you. <laughs> um, he's got a 63.3% uh, completion percentage for nearly 1,200 yards uh, for one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, and then you also have Jane Rashada and Drew Pine. Um, and Jane Rashada was kind of the big name they brought in, who yes. I think formerly committed to University of oh, Miami. Oh, his story, uh, Florida, Miami, NIL, millions of dollars everywhere, and now he's at Arizona State. So yeah. he's, he's an interesting guy. Fall from grace. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, his completion percentage, Andrew Pine's both lower. They're hovering around 56% and 53 for Drew Pine. Um, also, not a lot of things happening through the air for those guys. I mean, three passing touchdowns for Rashada and then two for uh, Drew Pine. So this isn't really a high-scoring offense. It's not. There's just not much going on on this offense in general. Um, and it seems like this is, I mean, this is, this is a game you usually should win handily. And we'll talk about the implications of a, of a potential loss, but I'll 
I'll dish it back over to you, Gavin. I do have to say one thing. I believe both of us had UCLA losing this game during our yeah. Okay, season well, that preview. was that was well before the season was started. We were having we were this is the, that was the first ever yeah. like out, out of bounds podcast as year. we know it now. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we just went through all the teams. And we, I think, Gavin, you had said that you had came in that morning. I was like, I was thinking of the one team that could possibly upset UCLA. And you're like, Arizona State popped into my mind. I'm like, Gavin, I had the same exact yeah. thing. So it was funny. We were on the same, same wavelength there. Uh, but in hindsight, not the best prediction. <laughs> but hey, it was well before the season. So cut us some slack. I cut think. us some slack. Um, but now we're going to make our predictions for the game and see if things changed. Um, it's not like UCLA is buzzing right now, um, coming off that 27-10 to 10 loss against the other Arizona school. Um, Jack, is Chip Kelly fired if UCLA loses this game? Yep, uh, and I can't think of the right verb for well, Lane, Lane Kiffin. It was tarmacked with yes. USC. Uh, Gavin and I were actually just talking this a second ago. Chip Kelly, it might be, can't be Rose Bowl. It could be tunneled. Tunneled might um, be the word. But yeah, I think if they somehow manage to lose this game, which would blow my mind, um, but honestly, the way that some things have been trying this season, I, it's not entirely out of the question. Um, just because I don't know, we, there's always like the one inexplicable loss you ever know. But I think, yeah, if, if they somehow manage to lose this game, I'm like, keep your eye on Twitter after the game if that happens. But let's, yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, let's jump into the predictions then. What do you got? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. Let's hear it. I do have Usually winning. I think it's gonna be closer. Uh, than I think they're favored by 17, which is 17, amazing coming off is, of that performance. I do not agree with that. Um, yeah, it, that's way too high of, of a of a betting line. Um, and so I would say you slay 30, you slay 35, no, you slay 28, Arizona, Arizona State 14. So 28, 14, UCLA. Okay, so they do not cover the 17. They win by two scores. I have a two score win as well. I'm going to say 21 to 10. This team held Washington to 15 points, and I believe they threw a pick six. So I don't even think Washington scored those two touchdowns on offense. Utah did just absolutely run through their defense, but it's not like UCLA's offense has shown a lot in recent memory. Um, so I'm going to say 21 to 10. I think we don't know who's going to be the quarterback. If it's Colin Schley, um, expect maybe 10 pass attempts the whole game. Um, if it's either Ethan Garbers or Dante Moore, we'll see. I don't know. Um, but yes, we do have UCLA winning each of us. And now let's jump into, we're going to do two little quick segments. We're going to have a tier list. We haven't done the tier list in a while. Definitely a lot of changes there. And then we're going to actually talk about coaching candidates if Chip Kelly is fired during the season, at the end of the season. Maybe we're jumping the gun, but it's fun to brainstorm a little bit. Yeah. So let's go straight into the position uh, tier list. Um, I'm going to propose, it, it'll be up on the screen. I'm going to propose my first change. Tell me if you agree. I don't know if you will agree. Let's see. Um, this this one hurts. Is it time to put Jalen Davies in solid starter and not all UCLA? I feel like he had a really poor performance in Tucson. I might be over-exaggerating. It was rough against Arizona. And I think in the weeks before, too, nothing really that all that impressed me that much to keep him in this tier. So I actually agree. We can move now to solid starter with confidence. All right. Solid starter is very crowded, um, but... We're gonna put him there. Is there anyone out in solid starter you want to move? I was gonna say, yeah. Can we move? Can we move someone up or down? I mean, there's a lot of names there. Um, Logan Loya. Do you consider moving him up to all UCLA? <sighs> you know, I love me some Logan Loya. Why not? Let's do it. Let's go. We're gonna have a lot of moving parts. We, we haven't done this in a while. So Jalen Davis is going down to solid starter. Logan Loya will go up to all UCLA. Um, do we put J. Michael Sturdivant in just a guy? I can't believe I'm saying this, but yes. That's crazy. It's just, it blows my mind. We talked yes. about him so much in the preseason about yeah. him being 
being him being the guy for this wide receiver group, and he's just become just a guy. Yeah, it's just he's we had it just maybe it's the fact of Usley underutilizing him. We don't really know what's going on there, but I just haven't seen enough to uh, justify keeping him there. Yeah. Anybody else? Um, there's a lot of moving parts you could have. Um, we don't even have Garbers, I think, on it. So I think we'll put Garbers at just a guy, Moore's at just a guy. I'm, I might put Colin Shea a liability with the way he's been passing the ball. We have all sorts of changes. Um, but I think for now, we're probably good with those those three, I think. Davies, Loya, and Sturdivant. Yeah, I, I would say so. I agree with that. Okay, sounds good. Um, now, this is going to be kind of a quick episode, but we want to talk about potential coaching changes um, for UCLA. Everyone on Twitter is talking about whether or not Chip Kelly is going to keep the job. We don't know. Martin Jarman is the only man that knows that. Um, but assuming Jarman makes a switch, which I'd say is probably 50-50 at this point, um, who are the candidates? Jack and I are just going to throw a couple names for you guys as UCLA fans to start thinking about, you guys and girls, of course, to start thinking about um, before before the game. I think this Arizona State week, there's not much hype around this game. The program feels pretty deflated. So let's talk about coaching candidates. Jack, do you want to go first with – who maybe UCLA's number one guy should be if they do move on from Chip Kelly? Yeah, I got one name for you, Gavin. It's Jonathan Smith from Oregon State. Uh, obviously, we've seen UCLA play Oregon State early this season. Jonathan Smith outcoached Chip Kelly in that game. Of course, Oregon State won that game. Um, and it was, the score was, the game was a lot less close than the score would indicate, right? I think it was, what, 36-24 Oregon, Oregon State in that game. Mm. Um but yes, for Jonathan Smith, the reason I'm throwing his name out there, um, he's been a key part in turning around that program. Oregon State was a lowly fo- football program for a while. Last season, had there was their first 10-win season. Um, mm. it, sorry, it was their third such 10-win season, um, but their first in a long time. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and at home, they've played especially well, 11-1 at Research Stadium over the last two seasons. Um and that's before going into this season. So, of course, they've continued to play well at home. Um, and I think just looking at what UCLA needs from a head coach, they need, I think, a little bit of a culture change. I would say so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with the just considering the internal candidates they have, I think Jonathan Smith going outside of house is going to be the move for them, bringing someone who knows how to get a program you know, in the right place. Obviously, moving into the Big Ten, that's a big challenge. But I think Jonathan Smith, especially because Oregon State – just the state of their program is so up in the air. We don't know where they're going to be going after the season, if they're going to go independent, if they're going to somehow find their way into a different conference. He might not want to stick around for that. He might want to have some stability, know where he's going, what he's working with. Of course, UCLA has some appeal being in Los Angeles, of course, a storied program in need of turning around. And so I would say Jonathan Smith, definitely a name to keep an eye on. Okay, I'm going to go kind of rapid fire for my two um, because I think that's the best candidate. I think it makes the most sense personally. Um, let me give you two names, two offensive coordinators on two of the highest ranked teams in the country. He's a big name, kind of a polarizing name in terms of this candidate position. It's Brian Hartline, Ohio State offensive coordinator, formerly wide receiver coach at Ohio State, and I think that's what you want to focus on. Ohio State has become wide receiver university. Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. right now. We know there's Jackson Smith and Jigba. My guy is a Saints fan, Chris Olave. You know, the... This team has produced receivers like nothing, and you have to give credit to him. I know that these are mainly high recruits, but if you know anything about college football, it's that high recruits does not mean everything. It's about how you develop players, and he has developed those receivers consistently at Ohio State. Their offense has been great every year. Um, Now he's the offensive coordinator, and they haven't really missed a beat, skipped a beat. Um, There may be some shakiness at the beginning of the season, but they're 
the number one team in the college football playoff um, with him as the offensive coordinator. One more name, another fellow offensive coordinator at a great offense, Ryan Grubb, Washington State offensive coordinator. Um, there were some rumors. I don't even know if they're rumors at this point, but Ryan Grubb, apparently Nick Saban wanted him to be an offensive coordinator or offensive coach. Um, and so anytime you get the you know stamp of approval from that guy, that means you know something, right? And obviously Washington's offense, one of the best in the country, behind a great quarterback, of course, but... And, you know, you have to give credit to the offensive coach whenever the team's performing as well as they are. So those are two names. With Heartline, it's a Big Ten move now going from Ohio State to UCLA. So that would be interesting. You'd be going against his former team. Um, And then Washington, obviously, moving to the Big Ten with the UCLA. Grubb will have some familiarity with UCLA, the Pac-12, and then, of course, moving to the Big Ten. So those are my two. And then you have one more who's in-house. I do. Our only in-house candidate we're going to throw out there, uh, Danton Lynn, mm. uh, who UCLA fans should really appreciate for the work he's done with this defensive unit. Of course, so many questions about the secondary these past few seasons, just so much instability, so much struggles against actual good quarterbacks who can exploit the passing game. Yeah. Um, and Danton Lynn has done, a, from, from at least from my standing, he's done a terrific job with this team. Um, and of course, this is of course one of UCLA's better defenses this year, so maybe he benefits from that a little bit. But um, ultimately, he's done a great job revamping that side of the ball. And I think if you want to go in-house, there's really no one else that I see who could kind of really take the head coaching job. Of course, that'd be a quick promotion for Danton Lynn, who just came in this season. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's someone who has NFL experience. He has experience against really good offenses. Of course, the Big Ten is going to be a whole different animal than Pac-12. Of course, Pac-12 is a very offensive-heavy you know, conference right now, but that's certainly going to be different next year when it doesn't exist. And the Big Ten has a bunch of these new teams like Washington, Oregon, of course, coming with UCLA um, and USC, of course. Uh, and so I think, yeah, I think Danton Lynn is a, is a good guy to go to just because of his experience and uh, the, what he's shown in his one year at UCLA so far. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting because if you promote Danton Lynn, that means you need a new D.C. I think you go Ken Norton Jr. or you go... Cody Whitehair, uh, Whitfield. Whitfield. Jesus. Cody Whitfield. Um, but then you would need a new offensive guy because Chip Kelly is the offensive coach, coordinator, and head coach, right? So then what do you do? Do you promote a Jerry Neuheisel um, to that offensive coordinator position, or do you go out and get someone else? Um, so I think that would be interesting versus if you hire an offensive coordinator right now as your head coach, he kind of just fills in for Chip Kelly's role. Um, but, yeah, this was kind of a – you know, we're just throwing things out there. Like we said on the previous pod – Maybe not quite time to fire Chip Kelly yet. You got to give him to the end of the season, unless he were to lose a game like this to Arizona State. But um, yeah, just a fun little midweek episode previewing Arizona State. I think not much needs to be said about that game. UCLA favored by 17 points. We both have them winning. A loss is the end of the the Chip Kelly era, no doubt. Um, but the tier list, some coaching candidates, and uh, yeah, that's all we got today. So both of us have a busy day. We're about to go run to the Poly Pavilion and, and look at two fantastic basketball games. Um, but Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, as always. UCLA Daily Bruin on YouTube to see Jack's hair, Jack's face, and me also, if you want. Shout out to our entire video team. And um, yeah, that'll do it. Thanks so much. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. So long.